0: You are listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. This series is called Restored, where we're taking a look at what happens when the kingdom comes close. All right, we're going to take another uh, another risk this morning. Uh, uh, thank you for for uh, allowing us to indulge you with the thank you notes. Any, anytime you rip something off of popular culture, it's a, it's a risk because you're like, that fell flat. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon does that better, um, which is true. But thank you to Jack and and... And Dave, yeah. Well, my staff of writers—I mean, it's right up there with Jimmy Fallon, Jack, and Dave. Um, you know, they—they they helped. And and thanks to Phil for for uh, getting the the piano riff uh, going there. So I uh, appreciate that. But we're gonna take we're gonna take a, a another risk today. Now, um, there was a guy. There was a guy that uh, uh, way back when. You know, you know, twenty years ago or so, uh, he he became famous. Uh, by a a certain uh, comedy routine that he did. Uh, You might be a redneck... If you know some of you that are younger may just recognize uh, Jeff Foxworthy as as you know are you smarter than a fifth grader or you do Bible drill better than a fifth grader or whatever game show he does uh, now but uh, uh, I would I would I would take a risk now I know we don't overly feel like it but we are in church so just kind of let that filter through I'm going to take a risk here and, and, and allow you to have the floor to to, to share maybe one of your favorite uh, because. Look, look. We live in Republic, Missouri. Come on. We we all have a favorite. You might be a redneck if joke, right? So so, what might have you had a favorite? I might be a redneck. You might be a redneck if anybody. Anybody? Nobody. Paul said he had a good one. Where is Paul? Where Did he disappear off to? Yeah. He wanted to tie up the bathroom to break, yeah. <laughs> ah, there we go. There we go. There we go. And church safe. Thank you. Thank you. Most all right. All right. All right. Anybody else? ah yeah. how many of you how many of you confession time confession time how many all right anybody else anybody else one of the ones that i remember from uh, i mean from high school days when we'd listen to jeff foxworthy and, and, and such you know um uh, like you know that's was youth ministry contraband you snuck in the jeff foxworthy tape uh on your on your trips but but one, one of the ones that uh one of the ones that i remember was you might be a redneck if you if you've ever climbed to the top of a water tower to defend your sister's honor <laughs> i didn't have a sister so i never had to do that but uh maybe one of you did i don't know but but maybe maybe at some point in time maybe it wasn't a water tower but maybe you have defended somebody else's honor. Maybe, maybe it was a sibling that was getting picked on or bullied, or maybe it was a friend that uh, was, was, was going through something and had people that were picking on them or bullying them or saying things about them or, 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 or whatever. Maybe you did have to defend somebody's honor at some point in time. What really is that? That is defending their dignity, isn't it? Defending their dignity. We're in this series called Restored, where we're taking a look at the miracles of Jesus. And, 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 and this is a six-week series. We're in the, the week number five, and we've looked at a different miracle of Jesus uh, each week. And, and we've, we've taken three as well and, and, and have done podcast-only sermons uh, of, of different miracles. But also our reading plan, which you can find in, in, a, in, a, in a seat somewhere around you, our reading plan is taking a look at all uh, of Jesus' miracles uh, uh, through through throughout uh, these six weeks. Uh, and uh, it's been, it, it, for me, it's been kind of enlightening to be able to, 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 to just pull out the miracles and read just the, just the miracles. But, but we're seeing how Jesus not just restores the physical, does a physical miracle, like restoring a leg, restoring uh, eyes or whatever, but, but he is doing something deeper than that. He is restoring life. And that's where we started at at restoring life. And then each week and each sermon throughout, we've been seeing how Jesus restores a vital part of life. And and dignity is actually a vital part of life. But maybe we've never thought of it that way before. Because dignity, dignity is self-honor. Now, maybe some of you are like, you kind of view dignity as almost a bad word. If somebody is too dignified, they're they're what? They're too uppity, right? They, They have their nose way too far up in the air but I actually argue that maybe they don't have as much dignity as what they think they do. Because self-honor, self-honor is just kind of how we view who we are. And what we've seen throughout this series is that every time we are broken, every time we see something that's broken inside of us, it affects our identity. It affects deep down the the very nature of who we are and who we think we are. Maybe some of you are like, oh, this is going to be just a self-help, self-worth, self-image sermon, blah, blah, blah. Hold on, just hang with me. Just hang with me. We'll see it hopefully go a little bit beyond that. But we're going to take a look at a story of a woman who who showed up to Jesus and and her dignity was completely broken. Her sense of self-honor was completely jacked up. But we're also going to see how Jesus restored that dignity. Mark chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 24, if you, if, 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 if you have a hardbound Bible, of course, open up to Mark and, and take a look there, we're going to throw the uh, words up on the screen and, 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 and do that, and, and I, we highly encourage you to download the Bible app on your smartphone or tablet so you can take the Bible home with you and, and, and have an easy to read translation right there on your phone and your tablet and you can follow along on the event that we do just open up the menu on the left-hand side of the, uh, 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 of the screen and then click on events towards the towards the bottom there and you'll find CrossPoint restored dignity and you'll be able to follow along on the verses there you can take notes you can you can send uh, uh, something out on Facebook you know uh, uh, statements and sentences that, that that stick out to you something that God's sharing with you you can share that on Facebook I, I did that uh, several times last week when when Paul was preaching, and it works. I've done it. Uh, That's why sometimes I like to just sit and listen to somebody else preach, because I get to then be a user, if you will, and see if it works. <laughs> like when you're leading, you just don't know if it always works or not. And so get to know if it works. So Mark chapter five, verse twenty-four. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. Now now we're actually picking up in the middle of the story and and, 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 and this is the story within the story. And we're gonna actually look at the story within the story first, and we're gonna look at the story outside the story or as, outside this story next week and, and, and but we're picking it up in the middle of the story so we've got to have a little bit of context so, so two weeks ago when I preached about uh, 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 restored credibility and the guy with the legion of demons and, and, and Jesus cast the legion of ge- demons out of him and all those legion of demons went into 2,000 pigs and they jumped off a cliff and all the townspeople said you must go and, and Jesus then and his disciples got back in the boat that just got off of and, and went across, back across the lake back to where they had just come from Capernaum so here, we've got Jesus and his disciples. If you remember, the disciples were shell-shocked. They had just experienced a, 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 a storm that those professional uh, uh, fishermen couldn't couldn't get the boat through, and Jesus was asleep, and, and Jesus calmed the calmed the seas, and they were already kind of freaked out about that. Then they get off the boat, and this naked, crazy, lunatic, demon-possessed man comes up and confronts them. They were a little bit freaked out about that, and then, and then the, 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 the demons go out, jump, the pigs jump, and, and the townspeople say, go. So they're getting back on the boat, kind of shell-shocked. And they're heading back to where they came from, where all the crowds were coming around them. And they got back off the boat. All the crowds came back and showed up. And then this, this synagogue guy, the synagogue leader, comes up and says, Jesus, you've got to heal my daughter. She's sick. That's what we're gonna take a look at next week. But but then Jesus started following the guy. This is where we picked this up. Jesus started following the guy and all the crowds went with him and and it said the crowds all crowded around him. Now, 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 now this isn't just like, oh, it's a nice little peaceful little deal, just a bunch of people just kind of walking. Uh, Other translations say thronged. Now, that's an important R in the middle of that word, okay? Because thronged is a completely different word. I didn't know you could really verb that word. Maybe that's something like a wedgie. In that case, I have been thonged. But anyway, that's a separate deal. Um, uh, take me back to, high, to middle school. Ugh. Anyway, the, 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 the crowd thronged, and I was thinking, how could I, how could I apply this? Like, I, I, here's, here's, those of you that watch college football, and maybe seen this, maybe you've never watched college football, but you've seen this occur. When, when an upset happens, what happens? Everybody floods the field, right? They, 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 they tear down the go post. It's, 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 this is a throng. You can't move. Everybody's crowded around you. All you can do is move with the crowd because if you don't, you'll get trampled. This is what it's like in this story. So here we've got the 12 disciples, maybe somewhat acting as security guards. Get back, get back, get back. Jesus is walking. Everybody's throwing it. It's a chaotic situation. Everybody's coming around, just want to get in touch with Jesus. I'm sure Peter's, Peter's starting to get, of what we know of Peter, maybe Peter's starting to get agitated. And he's like, get away, get away, get away. I'm gonna. And everybody's trying to get to Jesus and touch Jesus, say hi to Jesus and selfie with Jesus, you know, hashtag selfie with Jesus and, and all of this. And Peter's just ready to punch somebody. This is the scene that we've got going on. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Yes, from that place. Come on, come on, ladies. It's hard enough once a month, right? 12 years straight? But then add to this 2,000 years ago before the modern conveniences that we have to collect that stuff and deal with it. Imagine this. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. In a little bit, we'll see the evidence that she didn't have very much dignity when she came to Jesus. But we're going to take a look at what caused that lack of dignity first. First of all, when we have something physical broken, I mean, we've talked about this already that, that it affects our identity. It affects how we view ourselves. And some of you, you deal with chronic things, and it becomes a part of your identity. And you feel like you're broken and you're not worth it. And you don't have any sense of honor about yourself. I mean, imagine this from this woman. I mean, yeah, she had something something wrong with her, but on top of that, this is what she had wrong with her. How really embarrassing that would be, right? I mean, how would you deal with that? How would how would it make you feel? Because she couldn't be a part of society. Today we can hide stuff like that. Not in that day. But even if you don't have something physical wrong with you, like medical, there's probably something about all of us that we wish we could change, right? And we feel broken. And that actually adds to our self dishonoring. See, broken, broken <clears throat> dignity is rejecting yourself. Wake up! <laughs> Just that too. Rejecting yourself. I'm not worth it. Nobody cares about me. Nobody wants to be around me. I've got this, this, and this wrong with me, so there's something wrong with me. I'm not worth it. I mean, we see you see even popular culture trying to restore people's dignity i mean there's two songs on completely opposite ends of the uh, 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 of the spectrum one kobe Calais. you don't need to be a photoshop to you other megan trailer you don't need to be a photoshop to you but what are they both saying you're not as broken as you think you are because what do we do we 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 have this this brokenness inside of us about our our physical nature and then we go to Facebook which uh, really helps us because everybody is perfect on Facebook right and Instagram and Twitter and all that like we're just we're just like hey look they're perfect like no that's their Facebook them perfect. So this lady was broken, had broken dignity because of her physical condition. But you know what? When you have a broken dignity, you know what happens or is easier to have happen to you? You end up falling prey to those that wanna take advantage. Now not P-R-A-Y. B R E Y. This happened to this lady, right? Says she suffered at the hands of many doctors. She she spent everything she had. Now, Mark doesn't tell us that she was wealthy, but I think that he tells us that she's wealthy by just that little statement. Because if she didn't have any money at all, she couldn't go to see any doctor. So maybe some of her doctors actually tried to help but couldn't. But she fell into the hands of some charlatans as well. Because this was back in the day before medical degrees. Anybody could claim to be a doctor. And maybe some people said, hey, I can help. I'm going to help you and make all kinds of promises. But in the end, all they were at was stealing her money and those of you that have ever had your wallet stolen or a car stolen or your identity stolen or 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 gone through abuse or rape or 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 anything else that would consider something of you being stolen and taken and falling prey to somebody know how this woman felt Know how that affects your dignity. It affects your sense of self-honoring. That, that I am worth it. That people care about me. That I am worth healing. And you know what happens? It's a cyclical thing, right? You get taken advantage of, so it, it, it deflates your, your, your sin, sense of self-honoring, your dignity. And when you, your, your dignity is deflated, what makes it easier? To be preyed upon again. And when you are, you, you, you your dignity keeps going down, and and it's a it's a cycle, right? Case in point. Go out to to to, to Highland Springs or go out to Cooper Estates. What do you not see right on the edge of those? Loan sharks. Well, those people don't need money. No, those people have a different view of money. Almost you know, millionaires don't. Aren't given millions of dollars. They have a different view of money and they work and save. Where do you see loan sharks? Around areas that they can prey on people, right? Where do you see pimps? Not around women that have fathers, not around women who haven't been abused. You see pimps being fathers to the fatherless in order to build their trust, and then before they know it, they're being pimped out. What do you see? What do you see guys who want to take advantage of girls through relationships? They don't go to the to the strong side of school. Where do they go? To the ones who've already been abused. Ones who have already been used up and, and thrown away. Mean girls. They don't go to the strong to do their mean girl thing. They know they can't get away with it. Where do they go? Those that they can trash with their words. See, we see this all over society, don't we? i want to take another risk this morning. You're like, I you haven't taken enough? Let's, let's, let's just go all out. There's a book that hit Major waves, I don't know, a year, year and a half, two years ago. And there's a movie coming out based on it, um, Valentine's Day. And the trailer hit Thursday, Friday. Fifty Shades of Grey. Didn't read the book. Don't know the plot line beyond the obvious. So, curious, I watched the trailer. You know... What the plot line is powerful rich man seduces college intern. You know what seduces is a nice word for? Praise upon. Praise upon. The sex is merely indulgent. You know what's wrong with the story? That it glorifies preying on somebody. You know what? You know what's ironic about our culture? If this story, rich millionaire, seduces college intern, if that story was on Dateline 2020, 20, 60 minutes, torches, pickaxes, I mean, we'd just be all up in arms, wouldn't we? but because it's in a book or a movie, we're just like, oh, let's go pay $10 to go see it. It's still the same story. And then students, we adults haven't done you any favors because this all becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. We see movies like this. we We see books like this. And then we think that this is the way life works. And we throw out statements like, boys will be boys. We lower the bar. And you know what we're doing? We are trashing your dignity by saying that. You have no sense of self-honor if we're saying that to you. No reason. Ah, they're Leon College students. They're going to sow their wild oats. Trash. Trash. We're killing, killing your honor, killing your dignity. And in a way, we adults are preying upon you by saying things like that. They become self-fulfilling prophecies. Do you know what? You know what else causes a lack of dignity? Impurity. Impurity. Now, this woman, this woman, she could not go to the, to the temple because she was unclean. Now, in the Old Testament, God laid out laws. Some of them were spiritual, but, but actually the majority of them were just practical. Some of them were even medical. We, we, I, I went through this, if you heard the, the, the leper podcast, I, I went through some of that. And women that went through periods, during their period, they were considered unclean. That was just a practical medical advice, right? We've gone through the fact that they can't deal with it. And so keep the woman from out in society so that nobody touched her, nobody got blood on them, etc. because you just can't contain it. And then when that was over, back to society. But this woman had that for 12 years straight. I mean, it never went away. But over the millennium, from the time that God set, inc- set the, the, this law of, of just be- basically good medical advice into effect, what the religious leaders did, they turned it into uh, uh, a spiritual uncleanliness. That this woman was unclean spiritually because this ha- was going on with her no 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 and jesus is actually proving that through this through this story but 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 he does utilize broken physical conditions as metaphors for our spiritual case or spiritual states case in point uh he used blindness somebody's blindness to to use that as a metaphor for the religious leaders spiritual blindness To use her physical condition as a spiritual metaphor, we all hemorrhage from our soul. We all bleed out from our soul. And sin causes that. I am reminded week in and week out how destructive sin is for our souls. And you know what every time every one of us sins there is no victimless sin. Every time one of us sins we actually are 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 causing a, a broken dignity in somebody else and we are causing broken dignity in our own life. There's no victimless sin. Well, I'm not doing 50 shades of gray, you don't have to. You gossip no victimless sin. Look at porn, no victimless sin. Nothing. You're causing a lack of dignity to occur in somebody else and you're causing a lack of dignity in your own soul. This woman was bleeding out physically but we all bleed out spiritually. And you know what happens when we don't have any dignity? She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. She she wanted to stay anonymous. We see her lack of dignity here. She she didn't honor herself. So, So I want to remain anonymous. I'm just going to sneak up behind him. If I just touch his robe, he can make me well. I want to stay anonymous. Why? Because all these other people are more worth it than me. All these other people have more honor than me. He needs to deal with them before me. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. See, what ends up happening is that we don't want to bother anybody. We don't want to bother anybody. We just want to stay anonymous. See, one of the reasons why, one of the, one of the top reasons why we're expanding our facility is allow people who are non-fans to come in while they are bleeding and hemorrhaging from their soul to come in anonymously An experience just being here among God's people in His presence and be anonymous while doing that. Why? Because when we view ourselves as not worth it, we don't want anybody to pay attention to us. Maybe you're like, wow, this is so much fun. See, brokenness isn't fun. It is not a good thing to talk about. We have to expose brokenness to get to restoration. I want us to feel the the, the weight on our soul of of, of suffering and sin so that we can want restoration. Because the story doesn't end here, right? The story keeps going. We see Jesus restore her. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Something happened inside of her where she goes, Whoa! Nothing's happening anymore. But then we were talking about this this morning. I mean, this is even more amazing. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So what did that feel like? Was there a whoosh associated with that? Or did he just feel like he needed to take a nap all of a sudden? Like, oh, I'm drained. What's going on? Like, "Ah." He just feels the healing power go out of him. Remember this thronged thing, okay? Remember that. Remember this whole crowd. Maybe by this time, Peter has been thonged as well. So remember all this he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples, which I imagine is Peter, his disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? People are all around you. People are wanting to touch you. People are touching you. People are touching me and it's driving me nuts. How can you say who touched you? Everybody touched you. This is me reading into this. But you see it, don't you? What makes what makes what makes the redneck jokes funny is because they're true. You can see this happening. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. How does Jesus restore people? First of all, first of all, first of all, he knows you've touched him. He knows He knows. He knew it was different. He knew this woman, with faith, touched his robe. He knows you touched him. Even if you're walking in here trying to be anonymous, he knows you touched him. Because really, all of us deep down inside want to be known, don't we? We Want to be known. And I want you to know, but more importantly, God wants you to know, Jesus wants you to know that he knows you touched him. You're like, wait a minute, Jesus isn't here. I haven't touched anybody's robe. I'd get punched if I did that. Yes, Jesus isn't here. Just by the simple fact that you are here says something. That you maybe feel like you're hemorrhaging from the inside and you need something. And maybe, maybe, maybe what's going on here is the something I need. And Jesus knows. Jesus knows that you're touching Him. Jesus knows that you're showing up. Jesus knows you want to be anonymous. Jesus knows you're hemorrhaging. He knows. He knows. But you catch something else that He did? He wasn't just like oh well and kept walking, right? He stopped. He stopped. He stopped and looked around because he wanted to see her. He immediately, he immediately knew what was going on inside of her. He immediately knew why he she was trying to be anonymous. And he stopped everything to tell her, I know, I want to know you. I want to see you. I want you to know, I know you. I want you to be known. And we want people here to be anonymously known. What, what? anonymously known? What are you talking about? Anonymously known, come in wanting to be anonymous. We're not going to put the spotlight on you. Some of you know that. Some of you you know this. You've been in a church that's done this. Everybody who's a guest, stand up. You want to alienate non-fans? Let's do that. We're not going to do that. But we want to know you. What's your name? Where do you work? Where do you live? What do you like to do? We, we, want, we want you to feel known. We want you to feel a little bit cheers-like. Like everybody's going to know my name. If I'm going to walk back in here, people will, will know my name and know me. May, they may, may not know how I'm hemorrhaging, but they'll, they'll know me without throwing the spotlight on me. Again, that's why we want to make this bigger because, because we feel like people, guess that would come in, like the spotlight is immediately on them. We, we, we want to be, be bigger so the spotlight isn't, that they feel like the spotlight isn't immediately on them, but we can still be a, 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 an atmosphere and an environment where, where they, I can be known here. I can be known here. See, Jesus, Jesus sees you not in a creepy Rob Lowe sort of way, but in a healing sort of way. I want you to know, I know where you're bleeding out and want to heal that. Because ultimately, this is what he's attempting to do with restoration. Then the frightened woman Trembling at the realization of what happened to her. Think about this. Think about this. She stole a miracle. She stole a miracle. And she's acting like she stole a miracle. She's frightened. She's trembling. I stole a miracle. I stole a miracle. What's he gonna do to me now? Is he gonna take it back? Force me to take it back? Or what is he gonna is he gonna scold me? What's gonna happen? She's terrified. She's frightened. Because she stole a miracle. Came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she has done. Like, I, I confess I stole a miracle. I'm so sorry. And he said to her, daughter, we've seen this once before with the with with the with the paralytic that was let down through the ceiling. Like, son, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Daughter, he, he, he restores our dignity by self-fulfilling prophecy, right? He calls her daughter. You're known, you're wanted, you're loved, you're cared for. I care, I care you're broken, I care you have broken dignity, I care that you reject yourself. Daughter, daughter, you're a part of my family because you have faith. She doesn't have very much faith, she has faith. One of the things that stood out to me is reading, reading all the miracles, pulling out the miracles and reading only the miracles is, 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 is the thread of faith through all the miracles. Like, that's not earth shattering, yes, I know. But, 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 but what, what I've seen is the, the different levels of, of faith. Some would say, say that they had strong faith, but others, you read it, you're like, that's, 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 that's weak faith. But it's faith. You know what matters to God? You know what matters? It doesn't matter the level of faith. It matters the faith. It matters that you're showing up and that you're reaching out and that even though you're hemorrhaging on the inside, it matters to Him that at least you're reaching out. Son, daughter, I know everybody else has trashed you, but I'm not going to. I'm going to call you like it really is. Son, daughter, you're worth it. There's actually a strand of Christianity that would gasp by the fact that I would even say that. We're humans. We sin. We're not worth it. Two evidences. He created you. He died for you. You're worth it. God put his image in you yeah we broke it but he went to the cross to restore that image to restore the honor that he put inside of us because there's nothing more honorable than the image of god is there see how this works it's not about self-image it's about viewing us the way god views us It's about viewing ourselves as someone who who was created in the image of God, as someone who Jesus died on the cross for to restore that image back to the way it was intended to be. Dignity. Restoring dignity. For those of us, this is settled. We've been talking about Fisher of Men principle, and this is it. You know what the Fisher of Men in this story is? We're the ones climbing up to the top of the tower to defend people's honor. That there's people in our life that, yeah, on Facebook, everything is like, he happy. But deep down inside, they're trashed. No dignity whatsoever. And God has given us a message of they're created in my image and I want them to be restored to be adopted sons and daughters of the king and we have that message you're made in God's image you're intended to be a son and a daughter of the king See, Jesus said this as a command but I think it's more than a command. I think it's just a law of nature. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. I believe, I believe that that's the only way we can love people. If we don't love ourselves at all, if we have no sense of dignity at all, we can't treat others with dignity. What about those that love themselves too much? Well, really, I think that when they love themselves too much, they're actually not loving themselves at all. And they treat people just the same way that they love themselves. See, it's only when we understand the dignity that, 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 that God gives us, first of all, through His image, and second of all, through the cross, it's only when we understand that fully that we can actually love people properly. And that's, what, that's the mission that we're set out to do. Love people as ourselves. Love people the way God loved us. Son, daughter, go tell my wayward sons and daughters, come home. Come home. For those of you that walk in and this morning, That bleeding out in the soul thing really kind of stuck with you. We want this to be a safe place for you to bleed out in front of people so that we can get that stopped. Gash and artery. No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're bleeding out, bro. I'm fine. But hiding. You can't be healed until it's known. We'll have people in the back that, that want to heal you, to see you be healed. And to see you see yourself as a son or daughter of God, Galatians 4, 5 through 7, God sent him, Jesus, to buy freedom. How did he buy freedom? On the cross for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. By faith, we, we become his children. His adoptive children. And what do we have faith in? That Jesus bought our freedom on the cross. Jesus came for, so that we can have abundant life. Not wait for heaven. But have abundant life. One of the ways we have abundant life is through a restored dignity. And we want you to stop the bleeding and restore, see Jesus restore your dignity. And for those of you that that, that is settled, sure we're not perfect, but but that's settled and you're trying to live, be in prayer. God, who do you want me to go to? Who do you want? Who needs to know the son and daughter thing? Who needs to know in my life? Give me an opportunity to say that. And as we worship, we worship the one who restores our dignity. Let's pray. Dearly, Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you died on the cross to restore our dignity. I mean... Is so much more. I mean, it, yeah, 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 you forgive our sin, and that's how you restore our dignity, but, but, but it's more than just waiting for heaven. It's, it, it's, it's that you give us the ability to have an abundant life and having this, this sense of, of honor about us, the honor that, that you gave us your image, that you restored your image. That, that, that is life, and that can give life to so many. Pray that somebody here that's bleeding out, that's hemorrhaging, that, that says, I, I just, now's the time to stop it. They cry out to you to, to stop the bleeding. Let your power fall on them. that they can immediately feel the healing of your. Your touch. Thank you and love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Cross Point Fellowship Podcast. You can subscribe to our daily blog at cpf.me.